0: Family Talk Conversations, and there's things that we value as a family, as the Foundry Fam, that folks need to know, you know, and we need to share these things. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of times, you know, we, we try throughout the, the years, <laughs> years now, isn't that cool to say? Cool. Uh, to have family mm-hmm. conversations and talk about relationships and things like that. And uh, Karen, I've just felt here lately, uh, and plus with some, some outside influence and some, even some words that are spoken over our lives Uh, that we have something special to share. Now, the disclaimer is this. We do not have it all figured out. We are not perfect. We have made many, many know. (laughs) See, Anthony's seen me without my shirt on. He he knows this chassis is chiseled to perfection on opposite day. However, we, we have some things that it's important to share as the family that we value. And a lot of times, we we don't talk about things around the table. A lot of times, we don't even get to the table together as a family. Have you noticed that? We're always so busy going in so many different directions that we don't even make it to the table together to share the values. So today, you're basically sitting at the dinner table with us, okay? And if we could spend time together, this is what it would look like. It would be a conversation that makes sense, that you can translate to real life after you leave this place, okay? Okay. Uh, and not this world, this 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 room. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, our, our boy Anthony is going to be helping yeah. to to really ask these key questions and help prod us along. Kara and I to make sure that we we kind of encompass and and encapsulate, if you will, the things that we wanted to share today. So, um, anything you want to say to start out, Tan?
1: Well, just that we we are really excited to be sharing some of these thoughts. Uh, we've done some of these family talks before in, in lieu of kind of a traditional uh, message, uh, more of, a, you know, maybe a live podcast kind of, if you will, and geez, when you put the three of us together with a live mic, this is flirting with a disaster here, but we really are so excited. We, um, we've been, though. yeah, yeah she, absolutely. We, we're excited about just talking through some of these different topics, really feeling like. Um, There are some really important things to say as we're doing this series, Family Talk, when it comes to uh, dating and relationships, looking at it in uh, perspective of who we are as followers of Jesus and and really what does he call us to do, what perspectives are we to have as we pursue dating and marriage uh, and having children and and those things. And so I'm excited um, as someone who's not married, who's happily engaged to be sharing my perspectives, and then also hearing... Uh, from these guys, who I really look up to uh, as as a married couple and, and as parents. So we're really excited about this.
0: Anything, baby, you want to share starting out before um, we get into it?
2: Well, hopefully this all makes sense because our sweet little girl, I love her to death. She was up at 3.45 this morning, and she had spiders in her bed, supposedly, um, and did not want to go back to sleep. Strong quotation. So... Mama has been awake since 3.45 this morning. You're still looking good. <laughs> I had plenty of time to prepare for this, but might be a little tired. Yeah. So,
0: so <laughs> All right, so this is how we're going to start, and then Anthony's going to be asking some questions. Um, we, we've heard about this a lot as a body of believers, but as a church, and Derek even helped us with it last week. Uh, th- this, Matthew 22:37 37 through 40, the greatest commandment. And this will make sense as to why we're starting with this. Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Not suggestion, not idea, not fun little thought to play around with. Commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. See, relationships from the very beginning has been God's idea. For us to be relational human beings has been God's idea. You know, in order times we overlook a process of health and relationships. You know, an order that we should have when we are in relationships with God, with ourselves, and others. See, in this moment, Jesus is telling us that you're to love God, love you, and love others. So how, how does that happen? How do, how do we come to that conclusion? Love your neighbor as Who? Yourself. And see, what's so hard for us is to love others when we don't love ourselves. And it's hard for us to love ourselves when we don't love God. And sometimes we try to circumnavigate that, don't we? Right? If we love God and we love others, then we will definitely love ourselves. You know, and a lot of times we love others in hopes that'll make us feel better about ourselves. You ever notice that? You do things for others. You say things to others that you'd love to hear. You go places with folks that you wouldn't normally want to go. You do things that you wouldn't normally want to do because when they smile, I remember as a kid, always making people laugh. Why? Because I was so unhappy inside. See, I had to love God with everything in me, love me, and then Love my neighbor, okay? And I think that's this is what we're talking about again. This isn't like a once and for all conversation. This is not conclusive. We don't have enough time for that, okay? Mm-hmm. But it, it's it's something that we're trying to, to wrap our minds around as we become relational human beings and even better relational human beings with God, ourselves, and then others. Okay? Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Okay.
1: That's a really great place uh, for us to, to really have a foundation. Even you just sharing that because that example you used of, of you know, making people laugh, that's a classic example of trying to fill a, a void coming from a place of, of brokenness. And really it's incredible when we think about uh, these commandments of love God, uh, love your neighbor. Really that comes from a place of identity of knowing who I am. It, 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 we could even take this out to uh, understand uh, if we look at God Himself, we think of the idea of the Trinity, three and one. There is a commitment there to each other. They are God is is community Himself uh, in, embodied. Um, but then we can also extend it out to think of the 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 topic, the the terminology of marriage is used so much in Scripture. Uh, we we talk about Jesus talks about Himself as the groom and the church. Is the bride? They're, we're talking about marriage here, that type of commitment, and it really, at the bottom, is is foundational about identity. Yeah. And so that really brings us to what what we want to start with. Before we really even dive into, um, dive deep on this topic, is this idea of of wholeness of, uh, you know, many of us come from, uh, everybody comes from a place of brokenness apart from from Christ, and that manifests itself. Uh, in many different ways. And so when we, when we start to talk about dating uh, and, and relationships and, and marriage, family, in, in this life, uh, we want to talk about wholeness. So before any of us are in a relationship, we're single, right? And so when, when you have a single world, when you are at, at the end of the day really only responsible for yourself, what does that look like? Uh, how do we find wholeness in a single world, when we are single, how do we find uh, wholeness? And, and I think we're going to start, Justin can take this uh, with Matthew 6.
0: And Matthew six thirty three. but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Uh, Jesus was talking about, about worry here, and we know, I don't know about you guys, but we can kind of worry about our, our, our next outfit. Uh, for me, a foodie, I worry about the next meal, even though I know it's coming, <laughs> what's it going to be? You know, is there going to be mayonnaise on it? If so, showtime at the Apollo, I'm going in. But when we think about seeking his kingdom first, we hear this word kingdom. 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 See, Jesus came to show us an example of what God is trying to bring to this earth, his kingdom. And so often we get caught up on worries, don't we? Am I ever going to find someone? I surely did. Am I ever gonna find someone? Am I ever going to get that job that I've dreamed of? Am I what is going to make me whole? What's going to make me feel complete? And we see here Jesus says his his desire is for us to look to God before anyone or anything else. Seek Mm -hmm. his kingdom first. Seek his kingdom first. Seek his kingdom first and his righteousness, be in the right place, right standing with him, and all these things will be given to you. Yes, food, drink, clothing, but even more so, the love of your life, okay? The one that he has planned for you that you can spend forever with on this earth kind of thing. So, yeah, I think uh, it's important. Matthew six thirty four says, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. And we know this to be true. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Can I get an amen to that? Mm-hmm. Whoa! Okay. Mm-hmm. So Jesus is saying, "Trust me." He's saying, "Look to me." He's saying, "I'm enough." He's bringing that kingdom
1: here. It really is uh, difficult, even sometimes, for believers uh, to really trust that He is enough. When we when we are talking about singleness, it, it often can become an idol, and it really can come from a place of you can even uh, really acknowledge with your lips really feel like, yeah, I know that God loves me. I, I know that in, in my head uh, as far as knowledge. I, I believe that, but it's not like he's physically here mm. with me. And so for a lot of people, uh, the idol of, of whether it's a, a, you know, a, a boyfriend, girlfriend, a marriage, having kids, those things become idols because they seem to be uh, a way to find validation, mm. uh, justification of, I want someone who is literally right here with me. You know, If I can just get that, and, and idols show up in, in many different ways. So you mentioned jobs. You mentioned different things. Yeah. Um, if I just get that, then that will complete me, or then I will feel good yeah. about myself. Maybe I, if somebody actually loves me here in the flesh, yeah. then maybe I actually am worthy of love. And that still comes from a place of brokenness because sooner or later, everyone finds out that people... At the end of the day, no matter how great they are, they're still going to fail you. Mm-hmm. And you're still going to have that sinking feeling of this person just because they're in my life now. Mm-hmm. You guys could even speak to this if you want. Uh, it fades, that feeling of, of security, of mm-hmm. completeness. Another human being uh, can't fill really the God-shaped hole, That's if it. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Kara, as we're talking about brokenness of you know, mm-hmm. maybe the void, uh, as we're talking about wholeness, if, if people really feel like, you know, here today being like, I'm coming from a place of brokenness. I really struggle with singleness. I struggle with just a sense of identity, maybe. Kara, how do we rediscover or discover wholeness? Where would What would you think are some practical ways that we can go um, about
2: that? Well, yes, our identity needs to be found in the Lord, first and foremost, and we need to be okay um, with ourself. Um, but also, I feel like... Um, You know, we have to, um, sometimes, but, um, and I feel like it's not talked about a whole lot. um, But, you know, seeking wise counsel is found in the Bible. Um, In Proverbs uh, 19, 20, it says, listen to advice and accept discipline. And at the end, you will be counted among the wise. Um, And so, you know, we are a culmination of our childhood Um, And some of us had wonderful, wonderful upbringings and some of us didn't have great ones. And so I feel like, you know, we need to deal with those things. And, um, you know, going to like a Christian counselor, someone who doesn't know you, I feel like um, sometimes can be super beneficial because you can be completely open and they have no bias because they don't know you. Um, and so I think there's so much healing that can come from that. The Lord can use that um, to bring you to um, the place where you need to be with him and before you would get into a relationship because um, you don't want to bring, you know,
1: any negative things into um, that relationship so that's great um, so to reiterate what, what Kara's saying it, it, a, a place of identity uh, of finding security in, in the Lord is, is such a foundational thing and, th- and then we, want, we really want to come back to hammering the idea of, of, of Matthew 6 seeking first his kingdom uh, and his righteousness and, and, and all of these things uh, for to paraphrase we'll, we'll be, we'll be taken care of um, The Lord really wants us to seek first his kingdom. His desire uh, was to bring the kingdom of God to earth. And we're really to seek that uh, from a place of identity, understanding who we are uh, and and why we're here. Um, And so, Justin, maybe you want to talk about an example of uh, Philippians, Paul being in prison, uh, how he used his circumstances, how he saw his circumstances coming from a place of, of identity.
0: Yeah, literally in prison. Not like I feel so imprisoned in this life. I'm just chains and stuffs around me. No, literally in prison because of Jesus. Okay, and see, it's this idea that we're bringing His kingdom to earth. Okay, and and that's not very exciting sometimes, especially when you end up in prison for preaching good news. Okay. Uh, and a lot of times folks don't perceive it as good news because it kind of rubs them a wrong, the wrong way because it's <laughs> displaying some things within them. And we look at Paul here in Philippians uh, 1, 12 through 14. Um, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, is what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. And that's so important for us with our lives. And this is going to be a, a blueprint moving forward when we talk about relationships in this, in this conversation, is the advancement of the good news. The advancement of his kingdom. Every decision we make. Am I advancing the kingdom of God on earth? Or am I holding it back from being established? Am I someone who's helping to perpetuate the kingdom here on earth? Or am I someone that is slowing it down? So even Paul in prison, in chains, he says, because of my chains, because of this place, most of my brothers and sisters have become confident and the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. So, proclamation of the gospel has, was encouraged on the outside, but also folks were being changed on the inside. So, I think that's important <coughs> for us a consistent advancement of the kingdom of God. So,
1: yeah, I mean, and, and so we're going to expand in a minute more on the purpose of marriage, but it's really interesting uh, that Paul himself, if, if you read it, he essentially was kind of indifferent. Uh, to to marriage, uh, he felt if, hey if this is something that you feel called to about advancing. If you also feel called to singleness, that's great as well because at the end of the day, it's about advancing the kingdom. Uh, and so it's Paul's true. example there is, is great. So with the thought in mind that that Jesus desired for us to always advance the gospel in every instance uh, and in every relationship we have, uh, if we're coming from you know a foundational place, if if you are okay. Just on your own, you and Jesus, nothing else. If you, if you know, if all the relationships in your life, all the good circumstances were, were taken away, would you be okay? Just you and Jesus. If you had that security, um, then as we, we begin to look into uh, dating, marriage, thinking of some of these things, if we keep in mind Jesus's desire for us to advance the gospel, we can ask the question: Okay, so what does biblical dating look like?
0: Okay, um, biblical dating looks like, okay, this is something we've heard a lot growing up, and this connotation in scripture really uh, is what it is, but it, it can be misconstrued, but I think for us, if, if we even think of it in agricultural terms, 2 Corinthians six fourteen through 16 is a context, but do not be yoked together with unbelievers. A lot of times, people are like, that's not talking about relationships. Okay, let's use it as an agricultural example. Can we do that? Anybody been a farmer before? I see that hand. God bless you, Cecil. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, it's very important that when, when two animals are tied together back in the day, that they had equal strength, equal ability, so that they could equally plow the earth together. Okay. I didn't say anything about relationships. That's literally talking about two bulls with a yoke on them pulling through the field. All right. But when you think about your life as well, okay, uh, being a believer, Um, You you have to be careful and very wide-eyed and aware as to who you're connected with, all right? Does that mean we do not spend time with unbelievers, that we don't go to places where... No, no. If you you fall into that trap, you and I are going to have another conversation. You're here on earth, just like Jesus, to seek and save, to lead those who are lost to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, okay? However, when you're thinking about a relationship... Because, you know, you don't, just, you don't just date for fun necessarily, you know, because you don't, you don't want to just keep giving your heart away and stuff like that. You want to save it up. So you're looking for somebody that is going to help you plow together, if you will. Someone that you're going to be side by side as much as possible. Now, you know, there's going to be times, you know, I'm upset about something and Kara's like, put on your big boy pants, go outside, you know. <laughs> or there's some times that she's upset about something I'm like, baby, we're going to get this. Come on, God's got our back. That doesn't mean we're unequally yoked and we have to be out of the situation. No. <laughs> all right? But it's an understanding that, that God is looking for equal advancement. Let's take it back to the gospel equal advancement with your relationships of the gospel through two folks' lives. That's what it all comes back to. You're here for a reason to pull your weight with your mate. And make a difference. Right? That's why you're here, okay? And did you want to say something real quick? Well,
1: so so it's about advancing the gospel right. Right. So, does that mean that I should go missionary date? That I should date somebody who's an unbeliever, and you know what, I'm gonna win them to Christ. And then I'm gonna go date somebody else and win them to Christ. (laughs) And then you see, that's that
0: sounds like a a plan (laughs) here. That sounds like a glorified pyramid scheme. (laughs) Um, you know, stay away from that. Oh my God. Now, but, no, we don't now, want to advocate. It's, it's tongue-in-cheek about this, but you guys, look, here, here's the deal. I remember, I remember, um, but there would have been, I would, probably would have been the one that would hold somebody back versus them holding me back. Um, but there were some dating situations that I shouldn't have been in. I should have waited. I should have waited. I should have waited because I was not ready. You know, and and we're talking about friendship first, romance later. Mm -hmm. Platonic, then romantic. Mm -hmm. If you read left to right, platonic, (laughs) then romantic. (laughs) If you can't be a friend with somebody, how are you going to be their partner in crime in life? Think about that. We just grew apart. Well, because you weren't friends before. You see what I'm saying by that? And it's so important that we get that friendship first and romantic relationship later.
1: <laughs> well, that's just a, a great point because um, I've heard, you know, basically every married couple I've ever met talk about that romance, that intimacy, those things uh, are so important and, and a great part of marriage and life. But Really, the thrill of those things do, in a lot of ways, fade. Really? And so, it's that the friendship is something that you're saying. When Justin you, when is you get the outlier. In this,
0: when you get married, whoever's not married, you do not have sex 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Everybody, it's some people, their minds are blown right now. <gasps> really?
1: <laughs> friendship first. Friendship first. <laughs> Romance later. Romance later. Mm-hmm. Because that is, that is such a good place of, of coming from, of really genuineness, uh, and, and the understanding of, we're not missionary dating, we're not, uh, we're, we're viewing it as the purpose of dating is to essentially draw us closer to God. Is this person that I'm pursuing Uh, are they a friend are they someone who is going to draw me closer to God Uh, and likewise and so it it could be easy to think of that in a way of missionary dating but that's not essentially what we're advocating we're advocating for um what do you think she thinks what do you think Kara
2: (laughs) um yes of course you (laughs) you want to date someone who loves the Lord um but I feel like even that sometimes um you know we have got had the opportunity to talk with a lot of different you know students and stuff when it's like um I'm dating this person and he loves the lord but
0: oh that's a big but
2: <laughs> and i feel like if you're saying that you already know there's something that's giving you a red flag um so i feel like you need to um you need to trust yourself and not get ahead of yourself and be yes you, of course, you're excited about marriage and everything that comes with that. Um, but um, if you're saying that to yourself while you're dating somebody, just get out of it. Before, you know, you get too mm. invested in it. And then you're like, well, I'm just going to marry him. He loves the Lord. And we'll have a family. And, It'll um, fix everything. Everything will be fine. it great. We'll just have children. Um, but I've just... <laughs>
0: Just go buy a car. (laughs) Don't have enough... Yeah, you can run that into the wall and it don't matter. I mean, it's just... Don't fix spiritual things with physical things. (laughs) Don't fix spiritual things with physical things. It's never the same. Didn't plan to say that.
1: we got to keep moving. Go to Yeah, so as we... Let's say dating is going great. You feel like you've got uh, did a, a, really a great well. fit. Yeah. Really, well. Yeah, that's, really well. That's, that's good. <laughs> so we progress <laughs> dating to the topic of, of marriage. Marriage. And so the <laughs> the question is, what's the point of marriage?
0: I mean, why buy the cow when you can get the milk for free?
1: Profound.
2: Stop it, Justin Myers.
1: <laughs> I wasn't anybody, ready for that. i that go over anybody's
0: heads? <laughs> Genesis 2.18. The Lord God said, It is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. True intimacy is what God desires for our lives. Not to connect yourself with people all throughout the community. It's never free. It always comes at a cost. It's great in the beginning, but all that, that shine, quickly dulls. If you don't have a helper suitable for you, if you don't have someone that God has called for you and you've called, been called to them, listen, it's going to dull really, really, really quick. We've been blessed. And that it hasn't dulled and it will not dull because we're always bringing it out, right? This understanding like your your, your wedding ring and and looking at it, shining it up and making it pretty once again. And you got to do that with relationships because God has made this person for you and it is not God's plan that you are alone. You will not. That's not his desire for you to be alone. You may be lonely, but you are not alone. And that's so important.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. God's desire for us, His laws are are good, and at the end of the day, they're meant to really protect us, to protect our hearts. If we understand that God's desire for our lives is connectedness uh, and unity, uh, for really purity uh, of marriage, we could look at Mark 10, verses 5 through 9. It says, because your hearts were hard that Moses wrote you this law, Jesus replied, but at the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife. And the two will become one flesh, so they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. And God's, God's desire is that nothing can separate you uh, from his love and separate the love that you share. Marriage is supposed to be a reflection uh, of God's love Amen. for us. Uh, and Kara, maybe you can speak to this a, a little more.
2: Yeah, um, so yes, God desires for us to be one flesh to come and join um, with our spouse, um, and so there's no room for selfishness. Um, I feel like a lot of our problems um, within relationships in general um, stem from being selfish. That is our nature um, believe me, there are many times I don't want to do laundry. I don't want to put my kids' clothes away. Especially mine. I don't, <laughs> I don't feel like cleaning the bathroom. Um, but ultimately, I mean, I'm doing all of those things unto the Lord. Um, and, you know, this is what God has called me to. He's called me to be a wife. He's called me to be a mother. Um, and so that comes along with it. And so um, we have to fight those um, selfish desires, you know, when whenever they, they can arise. And so, um, yeah, I think that's something that, you know, we all will deal with um, even on a daily basis, um, you know, in your marriage, in your relationship, um, you know, um, we always want to be putting that person first. Amen. And I feel like, you know, for Justin and I, um, I don't know, it's just—I don't want to say it's come easy because— it's not easy, but, like, I just love him so much that, you know, I always want to make him happy.
0: Yeah.
2: And um, and he feels the same way about me. And so, you know, um, that's you want to find someone like that, that, you know, just wants to love you so much and is just so selfless. Um, and, yeah. And
0: yeah. I, I didn't see that growing uh, up. I didn't see selflessness I saw selfishness but I also watched how selfishness affected my family and specifically my mom and I'm like no not doing it I'm not because I have this precious gift that uh, gave me such grace that I didn't deserve that I don't want to defile this I don't want to, you know, I don't even like to hear her, like, cry. I want to just go die somewhere if I hurt her feelings like that. <laughs>
2: because. He's serious. <laughs> yeah.
0: And, and that's, that's what, it, if you always seek to love them more than yourself, everything will always be met in your life. Every need, but on top of that, every want, you know. And again, we made jokes about it. But when, when, when things aren't happening physically, emotionally, it's fine. When you have the right relationship, you don't have to have sex all the time to be happy. Because just being in the room with the person is enough. But if you don't have the right basis in the relationship, if you're not whole, if you're not trying to advance the kingdom together, it's always going to come back to physical stuff. Good luck. Because you will end up very unhappy and very alone, Mm -hmm. not just lonely.
1: Okay. What's really amazing, too, Kara, as you talk about selflessness, is we come back to this idea of marriage and this covenant is, in many ways, a reflection of God's love for us. If we were to think of a marriage covenant as as a declaration, exactly like the declaration we make through baptism. Yeah. It is, in essence, saying, my life is not my own right. anymore. And so it is, in that way, a direct reflection of what we declare uh, through baptism, through through faith. Um, and it's, it's to be a witness yeah. at, at the end of the day. If we look in Genesis 1, uh, verses 27 and 28, it says, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created him. God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. And so this leads us into an idea of God's desire is to use your marriage uh, to multiply. Uh, And maybe Justin and Kara, we could talk a little bit about that.
0: Yeah. um, What's so hard sometimes is in this world, there are folks uh, that um, maybe don't want children, folks that can't have children, folks that can have children. And when we read a passage of scripture like this, we say, you know what? This doesn't apply because I don't have or don't want. And I want us to think more about this as believers and the advancement of the gospel. And that God has called all of us not to addition, but to multiplication. Okay? And what does that mean? That means that you are a spiritual mom and dad. You are a spiritual sister and brother. Not just fruit from her womb okay? You're married, you and me, but that you have a unique opportunity as a believer, and if you're, you're married, you have this person who's plowing with you to advance the gospel through your relationship. So you're always looking around saying, who can I adopt into my family to multiply what God's done in my life into someone else's? We always think we're disqualified right away, and that's not true. The Foundry fam is single people, The foundry fam is folks that are married. Foundry fam are folks that are married with kids, folks that are married that can have kids. The foundry fam is all of us. And it's so important for us to understand that we should have about us a spirit of multiplication, not addition. A spirit of multiplication, not disqualification, because you don't have what someone else has. You have everything you need. Everything you need to be a multiplier. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to multiply. Be fruitful and multiply this earth with believers. Because you can encourage others as you find encouragement in this. You're not disqualified. You're qualified. Right?
2: Yes, I agree.
0: You agree? She agrees. You concur? Uh, I concur. Yeah. You concur? I concur. You concur? Doctor, I concur.
2: Um, yeah, I mean, just what he said. Um, I heard it said uh, many years ago um, that... Um, speaking in sense of when you have children, um, that you will replicate yourself in them, um, and that you know really hit home with me. It's like um, we're modeling um, for our children all the time, whether we think we are or not, um, and so <laughs> yeah. um, you know. I want to model, um, you know, I want to model Jesus for them, (laughs) ultimately. And I want to make little followers of Jesus, and so they need to see that in me. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, so much can be said about that. I think we were going to go into that. Yeah, so let's jump
1: on that right now, is that this idea of, of multiplication, of sharing, of multiplying what Christ has done in your life, uh, and this can be, you know, through your own children, uh, through uh, other family members' children. You know, this can even be, obviously, what we're talking about: spiritual sons and daughters uh, sharing what Christ has done and leading other people uh, to Christ. Uh, but there's things, obviously, relationships can get very messy. We know this. So, Justin and Kara, specifically, I don't yet have children, uh, but God. I have observed. <laughs> could be really awkward. Uh, could be. Uh, I've observed so much about parents and what they do with children. Uh, So coming from the context of whether you're a parent currently, whether you're planning on one day having kids, or even if we're just coming from a perspective of spiritual sons and daughters, um, how do we have a great relationship with our kids? What are y'all's thoughts on that? Go ahead, Rockstar. (laughs) Um,
2: So, I mean, I feel like um, we have a pretty good relationship with our kids, um, and I think that they're awesome, um, and I don't think that that's really anything <laughs> that would. we have done. Um, mm. Honestly, um, they're, they're great kids, but um, I feel like when, if I think back to when we were pregnant um, with Aiden, when I was pregnant with Aiden, yeah, Um <laughs> <laughs>
0: show up at the right time. Uh,
2: if I can be completely honest with you, um I, we were in ministry at the time and n- neither of us came from a pastor's family and it really bothered uh-huh. me. <laughs> um because I'm like, oh my gosh, our kids are going to be PKs and I don't want them to be and I don't <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't want I, them
0: to be messed up.
2: Well, that's and broken. I hate to say that and that's that's really a generalized statement um because I'm sure there's wonderful um, PKs out there. Um, but I've seen, we've seen a lot that when they grow up, they have left the faith and that really was hard for me to grasp. Like, I'm like, oh my goodness, like they're going to grow up in the church and do ministry with us and then just hate the church. And so I feel like, um, you know, I really prayed about it like back then and just like, um, you know, as to know, like, what what not to do, (laughs) and I think, um, you know, what we've just come to is that, you know, they do ministry with us. They do life with us, and and it's just, it's gone over really well, and I think the number one thing is that we've always told them um, is they're number one, All of this can go away. We love what we do. It is an honor to get to do what we do. But if this went away tomorrow, that's okay because we still have them. Um, And so I think um, telling them that from such a young age, um, and it's just been instilled in them that, like, they know they are our number one priority. And so, um, yeah, I mean, ministry aside, you know, whatever you do in life, um, you know, just so that your children know, you know, that they are your number one priority um, is just so, it's so huge. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. So I'm going to fly through these because we're running out of time. Mm-hmm. But it, it's it's really how do you have a great relationship with your kids? How do you have a great relationship with folks that you, you know, are, are have as spiritual sons and daughters? Vulnerability and honesty. Be honest. Be honest and be vulnerable. Got a son that's that's you know, we're having the puberty talks. Those are awkward. You know, <laughs> we've got, you know, a tweener, you know, and this is just so much fun. Um, but we're just honest about it. I didn't have honest and vulnerable conversation with my dad about it. It was more like, you going through puberty? How's that? Is that fun? Is that me? And I'm like, oh, I don't know what to feel, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> this is terrible, you know. <laughs> But the honesty about everything, everything, your mistakes even, you know, the the things where you messed up, you know, because it's like, they're going to spot your fraud sooner or later. Just be real on the front end and be vulnerable. Like, you know what? I was wrong. You know how many times I had to tell them that? Yeah. Because there's times that I was wrong, dead wrong. And what I said was out of line and I'm sorry, I respect you as my child. I didn't get that. But then they respect us as their parents. And everybody that has teenagers and older said, You just wait. You just wait. You'll get yours. You know, I know we're not there yet. But we're talking about foundations, you know, of love and discipline. You know, you love them to discipline, not away from. If you love your child, you'll correct your child. Cultivate in an environment where kids can make decisions within.
1: The boundaries We talked about this. Remember, Anthony? Absolutely. You, you guys have been such an example to me. Uh, not that, again, not that your kids are, are perfect, but I really think your children are some of the healthiest and most secure I've ever seen. But Too I've, secure. And I think that it's because, well, I, there there is just this balance of tension that I think we want to emphasize, betw- like we're That's saying, good. between love and discipline, that we don't want to go to either extreme of uh, the very authoritarian, this is how it is going to be, uh, extreme discipline strict parent uh helicopter parent on one end or the other extreme is well just do what you want there's no consequences it it is a balance make decisions have love and discipline that i really have seen you guys really do setting boundaries letting your kids make decisions having space for for grace um Mm. that you guys have modeled so well with your kids and it's been a huge encouragement to me out of mistakes out of mistakes not out of perfection because you tell the kid like here's your yard This
0: is your yard. Here's the boundaries to our yard. Inside of that garage is a bicycle, a BB gun even maybe. You never know. Mm -hmm. But I'm saying, like, there's everything in there. It's up to you to make the right decision on what you're going to pull out and play with in the yard. But this is the boundary. You leave it, then we're in trouble (laughs) because we've based our conversation off these boundaries, and all of us need boundaries, don't we? Mm-hmm. I need it away from the table sometimes, right? You amen, amen, brother. amen. But boundaries, and, it, and it's creating space for grace, though, when they step over as well and say, so like, what you did was wrong. However, this time, don't do it every time because then you're making
1: a messed up kid. It
0: this really
1: time. is a healthy balance of, of love and discipline, uh, of vulnerability and, and honesty. Yeah. Um, so real quick, uh, worship team, if you guys want to come up, we're we're wrapping up. Uh, real quick what are just some a few points that you guys if 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 parents or or future parents want to be more deliberate uh, with raising your kids or if we're again we're talking about spiritual sons and daughters if if you are trying to be you know quote-unquote a spiritual parent to somebody how can we be more deliberate uh, with raising kids well you go girl
2: um I think 100%, and this is something I have to check myself with every day, is being present. Um, because of our social media world, our iPhones, everything, we can be in the room with our children, but we are not with them. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, that is just, that could be a whole other a whole another talk, a whole another talk. Um, but yeah, to be present. Um, the other thing that um, we've been having, you know, just just recently have encountered is, um, you know, um, being parent first and then friend, um, because. I just think about Aiden. I mean, I love him to death. And he is so responsible and from a young age has, like, taken it upon himself to care for his sisters, um, which is so, so so awesome. But now he's getting to the age where he thinks he's a parent with us. Yeah. <laughs> and he is definitely not. Um, and so recently we've had to, like, backpedal a little bit because we've encouraged him to be responsible and take care of his sisters um but he most definitely is not a parent <laughs> to the girls um and so yeah um that's been interesting lately but um <laughs> but yeah i just think um i see you know sometimes so much um subbing and whatever in the schools but that um that parents want to be friends you know like like I'm cool you know I'm I'm your friend and um, I think we just always have to remember like number one we're called to parent you know um, so yeah
0: thank you babe Thank you Tan thank you all right we're gonna we're gonna transition and uh, we're gonna conclude with one song but this is what we want to really make sure you understand for yourself today there's grace and it's funny that this was our theme. Where's Matt? Is, is he over there? Hello, brother. Uh, this is a theme that, that he didn't know was coming this way. But it's been a theme that God answered to you as you prayed about. Give it to us well. And it's like, yo, we need some grace. Because this world does not give it to us well. Y'all know that. And, and I, I love when we come in this room. Okay? Specifically this room. Meaning that we are a cross section of our culture. Uh, of Morgantown, West Virginia, and even Waynesburg, Pennsylvania, come on, um, that we are a cross-section of people that are all the same when we walk in this place. doesn't matter where you work, where you go to school, or where you live, you're the same, and I think we have to understand that regardless of what has happened thus far in your life, there's grace, and that comes by the love of God that he has for us, okay? So what I want you to do, some of us may have to do this because you may have felt a little beat down because you're thinking, I am messing up in so many ways or I'm so messing. Mm -mm. Receive grace as you go, as we sing together. Just receive grace. Nobody has it together. Even the most together are a hot mess in some way or another. Okay. So what we're going to do is embody that heart this morning as we leave and just receive his grace fresh and anew. And uh, maybe that looks like you know you giving your heart to the Lord for the first time, you know, saying that I I will believe that Jesus died for me specifically, and I want to make that decision today. Or maybe that means you're saying, you know, I, I've had some some hiccups in my faith, and and I've just been away. I've been choosing not to be in relationship with Him right now. I want to reengage my faith. So maybe that's what you want to do. Or maybe you're just like, you know, I'm, I'm I'm single, but I don't feel whole, or or I'm in the dating game, if you will, and I. I don't know, I've, I've been in some relationships that probably weren't the best, you know, or, or your marriage may not be the best right now, or, or being a parent has been a struggle, or, or not, ha- you see what I mean? We find ourselves on the spectrum today. What we have to do is be honest and vulnerable with Him so He can bring change. <laughs>